All right. Tweeted. We did the tweet. We done it. Excellent. Um, Yay, we did it. Looks like we have several gamers in the chat already. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this thing going. My name is James. I'm the host of the podcast, The Boys Podcast Live. Uh, we are here today, joined by, joined by uh, not special guest Andy, but member of the podcast, Andy. Ooh, promotion. Uh, my co-host Christian is also here. Uh, we're seeing, we're getting uh, used to these faces. Uh, we'll hopefully have some new faces as well. Um, this Andy guy keeps showing up, keeps pushing other people away. Um, but we'll, we'll try to sort it out in the future here. But we are here. We are live. We got some good topics this week. There's some spicy stuff this week uh, moving on. So what do we want to get started here first, Christian? Um, we should probably get started on the crypto crash. And I think Andy, since he actually invested into crypto stuff, would probably be the best to talk about that. Yeah, so um, I'm sure everyone has a crypto story that they can talk about. Uh, you know, my crypto story was Bitcoin. I'm just pulling it up on my phone right now so you guys can see uh, kind of on the stream what I was working with. Um, back in 2013, I had the opportunity to buy 100 Bitcoins uh, for a little under 1,000. Uh, I was a senior in high school. I uh, tried to convince my parents to buy it, and my parents, you know, they were they were hard to convince. And... Uh, you know, at the time I was like, whatever it was, I think it was, you know, just shy of nine, $10 a coin, uh, you know, blew up to 66,000 just when Tesla bought all that cryptocurrency. And I lost out on $6.6 .6 million on a thousand dollar investment. So kind of kicking myself for that. Um, just to give you guys an idea of my current crypto portfolio, um, Dogecoin right now at the time of this is at 35 cents, uh, crypto or a coin it's kind of hard to see you can kind of see it on the stream uh i bought in uh earlier last summer at 0. 0.0021 cents per coin uh i ended up yeah i ended up buying in uh about forty-four thousand coins uh, i took a job last summer that required me to move i ran out of money moving i sold forty-four thousand one hundred dogecoin for 107 dollars this a uh, couple of weeks ago, it spiked to 75 cents or 72 cents, I believe. And uh, your boy didn't get his charger. I didn't, I didn't get my charger. Ah, right. uh, so that would have been what's going on. Yeah. I'm going to pull out a calculator just to, so that you are fully aware of how painful that is for you. Um, so we've got <laughs> rub it in, rub it in, rub it in right here. 100 Dogecoin times 75 cents. <laughs> it's like 3.3 .3 million. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so it, I, um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I bought into, well, I, I've had crypto a couple times. First time I had crypto, I had Bitcoin, but that's just because I was, I was selling, uh, steam skins and that's basically, I, I went through, um, oh, what well, I don't, I don't know what's the name of the website that does like Bitskin. Yeah. Bitskins. Um, basically you sell your skins on there and they trade it out with crypto. So that was my actually first experience with crypto ever. That was like two or three months ago. Um, and then I recently invested a little bit into Ethereum and, uh, I mean, it did really well and now it's kind of dipped down, but so we've been talking about our experiences with crypto as much. And, and Christian, I know you said you don't really have much, uh, personal experience with crypto, but let's talk about a little bit why, why all of a sudden crypto has tanked. 
over the last, you know, three to four days. Because, I mean, for those of you who follow it or have Coinbase or something that shows the metrics for, uh, you know, these different cryptocurrencies, uh, I mean, the, the curve, you know, it was going up like crazy and uh, now it's now it's tanked. So why do you think that's the case, Andy? Uh, a large amount of it has to do more recently. Um, you know, everyone knows Elon Musk is, you know, got his hands in Bitcoin. You know, Tesla bought two billion dollars in Bitcoin. It shot the price from thirty-three thousand to sixty-six. Uh, you know, the SEC basically stepped in and said, "Hey, look, Elon Musk is busy manipulating this market, uh, so we're going to have to, you know, investigate it." Dropped down a little bit. Uh, you know, Dogecoin. He kept referencing Dogecoin. Uh, you know, price went up, and uh, there's been a lot of big name celebrities that have been really talking about crypto recently as you know uh you know an alternative currency and, and it's gaining more and more mainstream part of the reason why it's dropped so much recently i mean especially this last week china uh you know as everyone is aware is a communist regime that basically what? has no. their hands in every single no. side of capitalist capitalist government capitalist, yeah. through and through yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know they have they have government representatives in every business. Uh, you know these businesses are government owned, and they released out uh, guidance that said that cryptocurrency is not a real, um, you know, it's not real. Mm. So don't invest into it. It's not a safe investment. And so all these banks want to offload and liquidate all their currency, which obviously tanks the market. Uh, then you flip it back home, and you know U.S. regulators are basically saying that. You know, anything that threatens the stability of the United States is, you know, currency is a, you know, threat to national security. So they're looking at ways to regulate it. And between the boom and bust, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to short it or trying, you know, buy high, sell low. And so you have guys like, you know, Elon Musk, who's doing this in repeated cycles. He's making a lot of money off of it. Uh, and there's, you know, tons and tons of examples of people buying low and selling high with crypto. Um, but a lot of it just focuses on the regulation right now, uh, trying to control it. Uh, you know, there's no taxation on the sale of the currency. There's no uh, centralized, you know, the, the, I think the big issue for a lot of countries is there is no centralized ownership of the crypto. It's the, you know, basically the proof of effort that exists to generate them. There is the sales and the speculation that drive price up. And uh, I just think that one, a lot of, Regulators don't like the fact that they can't control it. Mm. Um, but well, to... but, that's the, but isn't that the whole point of cryptocurrency, right? That it that it can't be controlled by a government or or country, right? Correct. And not only that, it's it's can't be controlled, but it can't be manipulated either. That's the big thing. Is the reason why it's called blockchain is because there's millions and millions and millions of computers that are working together to verify each transaction. It's supposed to be more secure than actual currency. Yeah. You know, when when you go into a bank and, you know, the bank makes an error and all of a sudden your money goes poof, somebody has to go through and crawl the code. But with cryptocurrency and the way that the blockchain works, is it, it should not even be a thing because there's, you know, one little discrepancy is going to be overwritten by, you know, tens of millions of computers basically saying, uh, uh this isn't right and wiping right over it. Yeah, definitely. Um, whenever I was looking into Bitcoin, stuff like that, because I... Whenever I was a little bit younger, when I was getting into coding and stuff like that, I had the big idea of, oh, I'm going to generate cryptocurrency as well, and I'm going to join it, and I had to figure out how blockchain worked, dude, and that shit is locked down. Like, holy shit. Um, so yeah, and also, what I was reading a little bit ago is 
Oh my god, my fucking phone's going off. Um, this is me sending is, you a message. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, it's not you, my fiance. Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this Sorry. Is, this um, is me, the, the single man, just making fun of people for finding love and happiness. Shut up. <laughs> so. Um, I was reading that Tether, the leader of stable coins or whatever, um, they also, in a way, they got exposed, but they're also being praised for being super transparent. But apparently their whole one-to-one -one ratio was totally like off the market. And they only have like 10% of actual cash river. I'm not sure how that works, but um, that and then Elon also... Um, saying that he can no longer accept cryptocurrencies and stuff like that for his company um, because I believe they were planning on other companies buying into cryptocurrency with Elon Musk taking that step. So I think that also hurt as well. Yeah, one thing I will say is it's kind of interesting is Elon Musk and his company bought $2 billion worth of Bitcoin back when it did, drove the price up. And then when it took a tank and all these regulations happened, they stopped accepting it. Uh, mm. And then now SpaceX, he's now accepting Dogecoin now that the price went way down. So he's trying to fund a mission to Mars or space using strictly Doge. So it's kind of interesting to yeah. see his uh, timeline here for his, uh, you know, investments. But yeah, I mean, even on, uh, well, I mean, I could probably pull this up on the computer, but oh yeah, that's not going to work. I was going to show the, uh, the, the fucking graph for Ethereum. It peaked at uh, like 4,300. Uh, what was that? Um, a little over a week ago. And it tanked all the way down to 1,800. Uh, and it's it's back up around 2,400 right now. But I think that it's just, there's a shock to the, uh, the thing. And, and I, I, there was something about um, India, the, the Indian government. And I'm obviously speaking as an expert on this topic. Um, there's something that I heard that I might remember about a news article I read that could totally be legitimate uh, about the Indian government basically claiming that it's not real, like you were saying earlier, Andy. Um, some people are like, yeah, don't, don't, don't fuck around with this. This isn't a, you know, this isn't a legitimate or or proper way to conduct currency, which is interesting. Um, I just actually started watching a uh, a show on Netflix called Startup, which is I haven't gotten very far in it, but it's about I think a, a like a first cryptocurrency type startup thing and all the banks were like no 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 we're not doing this and basically it's a it's a venture thing so um once i finish watching that netflix show i'll talk to you guys about you know you know the proper <laughs> proper crypto um but yeah it's it's interesting and i i i'm someone who doesn't know a whole ton about investing nor do i care to invest the time into investing um but i i i'm interested in investing in the long term i i'm I want to be a long-term investor in many things. Um, like I, I invested in NVIDIA when the market was really low uh, back in, I think I've like March of 2020, back when the, the pandemic was really taking full swing. And uh, it, 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 I did really well with it. It was my first investment opportunity, which I mean, maybe didn't help me learn any lessons about investing, but <laughs> it did well. And I think that investing is something that everyone should look into. Don't throw your life savings into it for sure. But if you have some extra cash, I would do some research. Try to try to look into to investing. Find something that's going to be uh, you, you can toss maybe a couple bucks in, or say you've you've been working and you've got a little you know nest egg. Um, throw a grand into a stable company or something. Something you want to do. Um, but do your research. Look it up. 
and it's something that can really carry you through the through the rest of your life if you invest properly with the money you're making now as a working adult. Uh, but that's I mean, that's the whole thing as uh, with with crypto right now, and we're looking at what it, what it's doing to the market, and it's going to be very interesting to see as a whole. Um, you know what, what what we're looking at for the future of crypto and and you know the market in general. I just want to for you, Andy. Holy shit, dude! Three point three yeah. million dollars. I just want to hit on something that Waffles brought up. You know, it's just made up money that will hopefully die soon. I mean, we could realistically say that the United States dollar is really made up, right? I mean, what do we know that's you know twenty seven million dollars in circulation? There's twenty five percent of it manufactured in the last six months. You know, it it fluctuates based on speculation. I mean, uh, you're describing cryptocurrency, but the same exact principles could be made up, you know, for the U.S. dollar. And, you know, the thing with it being semi-stable is it's only semi-stable because the United States has never defaulted on any of its debt. You know, it's never missed a payment. That's why the world recognizes the United States dollar as, like, king. And we've obviously made so many arrangements, you know, with, like, Saudi Arabia with the petrodollar and all these countries is because the United States historically has had most of the money. We have the highest GDP in the world. We have the highest average GDP per person. You know, the United States has the most resources right now, uh, you know, that pretty much remain untapped. We have the largest oil reserves sitting right underneath of us. You know, we, we can basically do whatever we want. The reason why we can come up with this outrageous 20 or $30 trillion debt is because we have the raw capital, the raw manufacturing the raw industry to handle that GDP and, and the fact that we will never, you know, go bankrupt as a nation on these loans, you know, at least it's never happened in our history. You know, if we go bankrupt, something big would happen, but, you know, cryptocurrency basically pulls us away from the United States dollar and basically says, Hey, look, you know, there's other avenues to trade money here that don't rely on a specific current, you know, companies standing in the world or, or a specific countries, you know, economic power. And so it isn't one currency stronger than the other. It's, you know, this is this currency. Everyone can mine it. Everyone can buy it. Everyone can sell it, trade it for goods and services. I mean, it's, it's a universal currency. And the thing with the United States dollar is my dollar is not backed by any sort of verification. You know, half the time you can have fake dollars mixed in with real dollars. You know, there's no verification when you look at on a $1 US bill, there's not really many security features, you know, watermarks, security stripes, microprinting, nylon threads, stuff like that. There's really not a lot of features on a US dollar versus a hundred, you know, US $100 bill. There's, there's micro threads, there's, you know, microprinting, there's engraving, there's security stripes. I mean, there's a lot of security features that go into it, but you know, if I hand you a dollar bill and say, Hey, this one's backed by 27 million other dollar bills. You're not going to be like, what the heck? But if I trade a, a Bitcoin, you can see exactly where that Bitcoin came from. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot. And currency is one of those things that, you know, it's not a topic that you can cover in, you know, an hour. But, you know, the whole principle of, of crypto is obviously not founded in the same way that, you know, traditional currencies are. All right. We fixed it. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fucky wucky sound. Go XLR. Yes. Go XLR. Go burr. Bro, the shitty thing is like the Go, X Go XLR is so great. But the problem is, is my webcam has like, there's like a, a latency delay. So I set a, a, a delay in my video uh, or my audio 
yeah, a delay on my audio, but I can't do that without like delaying everything. I don't know. Maybe I should. Yeah, I, I'll. Moving on. It's pretty pop when it comes to all that. But uh, next up would be the mask mandate and how it has suddenly changed. So I think you want to talk about that a little bit, James. Yeah. Um, I think that I've been I've always been a proponent of wearing masks. Um, I've been I've never had an issue with it. I it's annoying. Sure, it sucks. Like I don't want to do it. But at the same time, everyone who was fighting and I don't I don't want to turn this into a political fight about yelling at people. Um, but there were people who like were saying that because we were forced to wear masks, it was an infringement on our rights, and you know this 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 terrible thing. And I'm like, dude, you're crying because you have to wear a piece of cloth over your mouth. Get fucking over it. Get over it. You're an adult. Like, grow up. They're not. This is not the government mass controlling its people. What? What? No. Wear a mask. Don't be a pussy. Suck my dick. Yeah, whatever. Whatever suits your fancy. Um. Here's the thing. I'm sorry, Christian. I do remember you family members that listen to this. I am so sorry. It was a joke. It was a, a figure of speech. Um. <laughs> Uh, basically, with the mask being lifted slowly but surely, I see it as a good thing. I think that states like Texas, who tried to do it very, very early, uh, I was like, uh, I don't know about that. But now that that that, that majority, well, I don't is the majority of people are the majority of people vaccinated yet? What do, are do we have percentages and numbers on how many have been vaccinated? Because I don't know. I haven't gotten mine yet. I'm still planning on getting it. I need to set it up and go get I it done. I read articles just the other day about this. Um, yeah. To Google, 45% of American adults are now fully vaccinated. More than 45%. Okay. So we're, we're approaching halfway. So not, not majority, but we're approaching half, which is still good. Um, you know, we talked about, we, we threw phrases around early in the pandemic, like herd immunity, which a vaccine could help achieve that. Um, so hopefully once we get to those higher numbers, the 70, 80%, um, this affection says 38%. Okay. Yeah. 38.6 is what it says All for right. the United States. Source. I made it up. You fucko. Um, <laughs> <laughs> live with it. You can't prove me wrong. Asma's looking at me like he wants to jump on the desk and I'm not about it. Um, but I think, I think it's a good thing. I think that once people start kind of getting a little bit more relaxed, people will be like, Hey, this not wearing, not wearing a mask thing is kind of nice. Maybe I'll go get vaccinated. Maybe I'll go get it done. Um, I still think everyone who can should go get vaccinated. Obviously, at a certain point, uh, it may not be necessary for everyone if the majority of people are. Um, but I think that the more people we can early, the better it will be to getting us back to normal life. Because that's the thing is, is we want to expedite, um, you know, the process of us of us going to the grocery store without bringing a mask, without ever having to wear a mask again, unless you're sick, which I think that one thing that we learned through this pandemic was that, hey, when I wear a mask, I don't get sick as much. That's crazy. Whoa, weird. Like, I don't think I've been sick this entire year. Like, for, for an entire year. I don't think I've been sick. Um, and I know a lot of people have shared that experience. Um, and I, I think that... It's weird. I feel like this is the one year I should have gone sick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, like, it, it just goes to show how much interacting with other people and being in large public spaces can really impact our health. And, you know, you don't think about it. You're like, man, I don't think I was around anyone sick, but you don't know. 
You could be the guy in the fucking pasta aisle at the grocery store. He's got some. He doesn't even know he's got some. You're you're making out with him. You know, you're like, whoa, that's weird. Uh, but regardless to say, I will probably be wearing a mask to the airport in the future. Um, anywhere else, probably not. But the airport, probably. I, I don't know. I haven't fully decided. But yeah, I, I just, I, I, I didn't work face-to-face with people all the time like Sylvexon did. Um, I did stay inside a lot. But when I did go out, I was wearing a mask. Um, oh, but I, I, I am excited for it to lift. I'm excited to show my, my mustache in public. Um, they don't, they don't know. They don't know the, the beauty that is underneath my mask because they can't, they can't see the stash. They can't see the glory. Um, but I, I'm excited for it. And I think that, I think it's going to be a positive thing. I don't foresee a, a, uh, a, a relapse or whatever you call it back into a pandemic. I, I don't think it'll get worse. I think that there might be some places and, and situations where cases may increase for a little bit. But I think for the majority, we are we are uh, looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. What are your thoughts on that, Christian? Um. Well, for me, anyways, I see this as a... I know that you're pretty optimistic about it, but it's a pretty rough subject depending on where you live. Depending on if you're in, if you're living with like anti-mask, uh, like a population that's you no know, driven towards not wearing masks, or if you're living with a population that's all about masks, blah blah blah, you know. And if you don't wear a mask, you're seen in most uh, cases and places as an anti-mask person or whatever the fuck it is. And it's just a really tough spot because you know you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear one. But if you don't wear one, then people don't see you as supporting. Um, you know, COVID going away or something like that. It's just, it's a totally political thing at this point. It's not even like we're doing it for the right reasons. It's just, if you don't wear it, you're an awful human being, it feels like. So, I don't know. At least for me, I personally don't care if somebody wears a mask or doesn't wear a mask. As you said, I might wear one at an airport now because I didn't realize how fucking disgusting they were, if I'm being totally honest with you. But, um, I don't know. Beyond that, I don't really care to wear a mask but you know at the same time i have my vaccine i'm not going to get sick so yeah what about you andy oh, you're a you, guy andy? you're a guy with arms guy with arms i don't know a little t-rex arms maybe um i don't know i one thing i want to ask you guys before i get on my topic have you guys or, or even the guys in chat have you guys uh you know experienced any sort of like family loss from any of this like no, what, what about not you personally no no, Christian, have you lost anyone? Oh uh, no, not at all. No, I guess I can't really speak on that. Yeah, no, and I'm not like meaning to turn this in dark or anything, but but I mean, I think the it it resonates differently if uh you know you've lost a family member and you've seen them hooked up onto a ventilator and see them you know progressively get worse and worse to the point where they slip into a coma and then basically brain activity ceases. I mean it's 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 not fun and i think that for people who have never seen something like that they have a different perspective on on this issue um you know when you look at the function of a properly functioning mask i mean they work the the data supports they work and uh you know to me it's so frustrating you know not turning this political or anything but you know there was systematic failures of the previous us presidents uh, you know, team, if you will, uh, in recognizing the pandemic, 
when you look at it, he removed the CDC as the lead body on this issue, the Centers for Disease Control. Uh, sorry, I'm going to turn down my phone. And, you know, he removed the CDC as the main body. Uh, he slashed their funding, so that way they were not able to do research on it. Uh, he didn't even acknowledge that there was a pandemic until March of 2020. Um, you know, the pandemic was announced to him. It came out in memos that were released that, you know, he was notified of it, that there was a pandemic in November of 2019. So we knew for at least four or five months that uh, there was a pandemic going around. Uh, he didn't acknowledge it. People in China were dying at an astounding rate, uh, you know, and infectious disease protocols weren't activated, you know, like, like, uh, you know, the CDC posts right on their website that they're supposed to have. Uh, we didn't get any sort of action until the middle of June, 2020. And the only action was reaction. And that was to just shut down everything. So we entered our first, you know, major lockdowns at that time, roughly. Um, yeah, everyone was wearing masks and no one really understood what was going on. Uh, we just saw, you know, huge numbers day over day increasing. And then finally, you know, uh, we had a new U.S. administration and, you know, yeah, the vaccine at that point had been rolling, but right before Trump left office, you know, he made comments like two months before that he, uh, you know, there would be no vaccine underneath his presidency. And then right as he were uh, right as he was leaving office, he basically took full credit and said, without my presidency, we wouldn't have a vaccine. And so there was just a huge mixed message on how to handle this, which obviously split an already very politically divided country into a very ideological divided, you know, on this issue. You know, some people refused to acknowledge it even existed. There's people who said that this was, you know, just straight up no worse than influenza and the data absolutely you know, far and beyond blows the fact that this is more deadly than influenza out of the water. Um, you know, whether you just look at the raw death straight from it, or you look at, uh, you know, from the comorbidities perspective, I mean, bottom line is more people have been affected by this than influenza. Uh, I'm just reading the chat message. It's not a mixed message. It's a normal politician's message to say, hey, what the percentage? Yeah, well, politics aside, I mean... Bottom line is that our our governing bodies that were responsible for this completely failed, I believe, in in their responsibility to the public. Um, you know, the whole thing with the you know not wearing a mask, it's like whatever. I've you know at work I had people say, hey, look, I'm immunocompromised. Can you wear a mask, please? I work outdoor a lot. I don't like wearing a mask when it's you know 80, 90 degrees. And you know, but if you ask me to wear a mask, I'm not going to be a douchebag and say, hey, look, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. I will put a mask on if it makes you feel better. Because I'm like that, you know, if it makes you feel better, makes you feel safer, then I will do that for you to make you more comfortable. And I feel like if more people just either observed the six foot social distancing or took a second to fully understand the issue, uh, then we wouldn't be in the situation we're at. The other issue, I think, is social media, too. I mean, social media gives so many people that are uneducated on the matter a platform. And, you know, the issue with, you know, freedom of speech and having a platform to speak on is you're free to spread as much as you know, you want to spread. And people in the chat are bringing up, you know, Australia, New Zealand, right? They, they're they holding raves in Australia, you know, Australia, New Zealand. They they beat COVID. They they had no new cases and they're having concerts and, and what have you. And that's because their population listened to their governing body, right? These experts that went to school for, you know, 10, 20 years, they've been in their fields for 10 or 20 years. They're experts on this. Not the guy who, you know, researched it on WebMD and says all of a sudden he's a self-proclaimed you know, web, web MD, you know, it's just, we have too much of the, 
people who refuse yeah. to accept facts and you know that's what i never really understood is how people could look at somebody or not even look at somebody but like listen to like an expert right as somebody who has literally put their entire you know life's work into this you know like uh, it's what they studied for however many years you know master's degrees i mean people who graduate top of their class and they go haha webmd it says symptoms haha or google says this you know some facebook mother who is like literally 20 or something said this so it's true and it's just it's so demoralizing to have all that time that you put into researching you know working towards understanding what's happening stuff like that and just saying haha facebook mom knows more than you like uh, that just sucks that sucks big time so i don't know Oh yeah, there, I mean, there are definitely like Sylvester saying. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. People who think that it's just government mind control, government trying to control the people. Not even that this is a big, big thing to control about, but they're like, this is how it starts. This is how they start controlling us. They're they're conditioning us to get you to, to to get used to you know obeying them. It's like, dude, you're a pussy. Just wear the fucking mask. Like, stop. Like, this is not a this is not equivalent to like gun control. Like, no, <laughs> like. You, like so many people are just trying to take up this like huge argument and there's just there's no point they're just they're just like they're just crying about it they're just whining it's like dude none of us want to wear a mask so wear it so we can stop all wearing them awful makes a good point if they think conditioning starts with masking they haven't been to public school <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's great yeah well guys uh good talk on that thanks chat for the feedback as, as usual, we enjoy interacting with you guys and any opinions you guys have. We may choose or may choose not to read them. Um, that's completely up to our discretion, so fuck you. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Woo. <laughs> Woo, getting hot. All right. Um, moving on to our next topic of the day. We're going to have a fun little topic that will involve you guys. Um, and, well, you can choose whether you want to be involved or not. We're going to talk about the origins of our gaming names, any past names we've had, and why we've had them. Uh, so, Christian, why don't you go first? Um. Well, my previous name was quite literally just my name. Yep. Um. I had an Xbox gamer tag. It was called Zombie Killer Fat. Um. And my, why? Why were you called Zombie Killer Fat? Well, my uh, we were having uh. Well, I guess our both of our first like sleepovers as a kid. You no, know, we were just like hanging out, gaming all night, blah mm -hmm. blah. And I realized I could change my name. So I was like, oh, I want Zombie Killer in it because I was super good at zombies at the time. So I played, and he was like, oh, I think you should put fat in it to be funny. I was like, well, I'm going to go use the bathroom and think about it. I'll be right back. I come back out, and he changed it to Zombie Killer Fat. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't have $15 to spend to get another name change. So that's just what I stuck with for like six years of my life. <laughs> um, and recently, I've changed my name to Moon Blossom because, well, A, I'm up super late all the time because of night shift, and I'm going to be mainly streaming at night, so Moon. And then I do like Cherry Blossoms. I like the chill, cozy vibes it gives. So I just put together Moon Blossom. Can you tell who influenced the uh, the, the graphics for the podcast? <laughs> James put a lot of hard work into the graphics, but I was like, yeah, let's go with chill and Cherry Blossoms. <laughs> yes sir andy how about you uh so i had a couple names i'm kidding my cat i'm sorry oh yeah stream wanted to see the cat cat stream eh. uh 
my name uh, came from actually World of Warcraft. Um, we, me and my dad, we played video games for a long time. Um, I always ran when I was really young underneath him and my uncle's names. And then finally, uh, World of Warcraft uh, came out in 2004. We picked it up in 2006. Uh, I just, again, kept playing underneath his names. And finally, uh, Wrath of the Lich King came out, and I wanted to play a Death Knight. So I was going through random name generator, and one popped up, and it was Andromeda, like the galaxy, and I really liked it. But when I went to accept it, it said that I couldn't use it. And so I kind of played with some numbers, or some letters that were really close, and I came up with Andromeda. Uh, and, you know, I didn't realize what my name was until, you know, a lot later, um, but I kept it because whatever. If you Google Andromeda, you'll see what I mean. But, uh, you know, it's I just picked it because it sounded kind of close to the Andromeda galaxy. And uh, I've kept it ever since. Well, Asmo's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, for anyone who doesn't know the chat, Asmo's name is Asmodeus. His full name is Asmodeus. And it is a demon name. It's one of the seven princes of hell. And he's the demon or the prince of lust. Which is ironic, ironic because uh, he doesn't have balls anymore. <laughs> anymore. Yoink. Yoink, yoink, musty. yoink. Um, <laughs> now, funny enough, actually, Asmodeus was one of my gaming names back when I was undercover for staff. Um, and uh, we, I was in the, we were in a clan called the Satan clan. We're all demon names. Super edgy, super cool. We had Asmodeus, Lucifer, Lilith, um, Malthus, which Malthus is, he still hangs out in the chat and stuff. Um, but so that was, that was one of my names, but my original, my actual gaming name is Goodnight. Uh, stream on Twitch, Goodnight underscore TV, go drop me a follow. Um, but Goodnight is my, <laughs> is my, my, my main gaming name. And that originated from my first gaming name, which I first started, I first got Steam when I was like 17. Um, and I, I hadn't really like had any online presence before that because I my my parents didn't want me video gaming anything like that so like I I I'd play some flash games or or Wii or whatever when I was growing up but that was about it when I was seventeen I uh, I finally got uh, Steam whatever and uh, started playing Counter Strike because I got my first computer and the name that I picked for myself back then was uh, the Dank Knight with a picture of Eminem. And uh, it was just about the widest thing I could do, but I thought it was sick. And uh, I, I had that for a little while, and I, I played like that on, on Rust for a while, Counter-Strike, all that stuff. People people called me Dank, Mr. Dank, um, anything like that. And then when I started playing with Rise, uh, some of you may know who the clan Rise is on Rust. Um, Andy, probably a little before your time, but they were big on ISUs for a while. Um, I started playing with them back in 2017. 2018 maybe probably, probably 2017 or 18 um they we were we were really good basically we, we dominated the server and all that shit and i was like uh maybe i should do youtube because people were like dude you should do youtube and so that really sparked that idea in me it's amazing how the thought process works um but i <laughs> i wanted to do youtube and i i, I was like well okay the dank night i that, that doesn't really sound like a youtuber name you know you think about different like big youtubers you're like okay they're, they have such a, like, their name is a staple. I was like, okay, I want my name to be something like that that people can think of or look at and be like, okay, that's, that's a YouTuber. 
So it's like, okay, I'm going to simplify it. I'm just going to go Knight. And believe it or not, there were a lot of people that had that name. Shocking, right? Uh, so then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to add good night in there because number one, when I kill someone, I can be like, good night because it's like toxic. And then the other thing is like, because I'm like good at games, other things. Um, Christian, come back. No, 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 <laughs> no. If we don't eat, you don't eat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. bad, I'm sorry. bad. I'm we sorry. suffer. Oh. We suffer in South. But anyways, um, I had a good night because it had that kind of connotation of like, good night. Also, I can be like, good night, guys. It's like, <laughs> that's your name. But then also the good thing, because I, I like to consider myself a, a pretty good gamer. Um, crunch crunch some heads. I've been I've been known to do it. Yeah, we, we'll petition for uh, Shiley to take that food back. Christian doesn't deserve it. Ah, no, I, I do. I've no, you don't. Well, well Ooh, all, all I had was eggs. At least you ate something. I did. I like eggs. I will typically start off my day with like four or five eggs and then just not eat until late night and then either like absolutely binge out or just eat a little bit and go to bed to be sad. <laughs> I really I love that. food, but it's 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 so expensive, man. And I just it takes food time. Oh, I like I'm so bad about ordering like food. I was so bad for a couple months there in the pandemic. I ordered food almost every day. Oh my yeah, god, I, I spent too. so much money and then I looked at my bank account and it was like, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> like, see how much I've saved. Bro. With um, Dash Pass. I think I've saved, saved up to 300 now with saved. Dash Pass. No, they say saved. You're still spending money. Right. There is you're no not savings. Saving if you're spending. I can go downstairs, eat a can of chili for a buck twenty-nine versus spending a twenty dollars to get a burger I've and fries. Three hundred and eighty-eight dollars with DoorDash. So. How much have you spent? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> Good God. Uh, currently eating an epinotic. People who only eat two eggs are weird. My roommate only eats one. That's truly weird. That it's is like, wow. how? It's like, I'm going to make an egg. I'm like, what? You're going to what? I like, no. All right. I need so, more. Uh... I need more. So let's see. The next topic is school and the you know, the state of it, I guess. Um, I mean, I won't talk about this one, but I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on it, Andy. I think you're pretty knowledgeable about all that type of stuff. So, cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that. I don't know. I'm gonna get really deep here, but I think schools are production workers for, or protection lines for basically the workers right you go through school and you're taught a little bit of everything and shop programs are getting removed from school you know stuff like home ec is gone uh stuff like you know just just like welding robotics stuff like that those are programs that are cut from school first because of funding and i think us as a nation we have a problem paying it forward with our futures um, that's really evident by the, uh, 2008 financial crisis that bankrupted pretty much the, you know, major working class. And, uh, you know, even now just back home, back where I'm from, the school district held a levy that said we need to build two extra schools to handle capacity. We need to, uh, you know, basically have a levy that will increase everyone's property taxes by about a percent and it'll fund the next, you know, 10, 15 years of school. Everyone will be able to get new textbooks. 
when I was in school, you know, I got textbooks that were 30 years old and the information that's in them was wildly inaccurate in some cases, especially regarding science. And that's what we learned off of is wildly inaccurate information. And I think that, you know, with, with that being said, you know, there's not a huge investment into education already. Now with remote learning, you're shoving kids with, uh, you know, little kids that have to do, you know, hours and hours and hours of remote learning uh, in front of a computer to do it, and they're expected to succeed. And, you know, us as adults, I know me, if I had to sit through all day of Zoom meetings, I would say, forget this, you know, let's go do something, you know, let's go out, stretch, go, you know. And we're we're basically setting these kids up for, I think, for more of an adult mature role and, and forcing these kids to kind of, you know, suppress childhood and, you know, I think just watching my brother and sister, my brother and sister are 10 and 12, you know, they got good grades, wrestled, my brother wrestled, my sister did a lot of art, played music, stuff like that. And they're doing virtual learning and they're getting basically straight D's and F's. They hate, you know, they hate the fact that they have to sit in front of a computer right now. They, you know, it's, it's not fun for them. And, you know, yeah. for me personally, I've been out of school since 2013. I went to trade school simultaneously, uh, you know, got an A plus computer repair certificate. You know, and then I went straight into the law enforcement field. So I did nothing with my education, but I came back, you know, but school, I would say largely did not prepare me for the, you know, the market at large. Uh, you know, when I bought my first vehicle, my first real big purchase, you know, instead of paying cash, I financed, you know, if I didn't actually research topics uh, that I weren't uh, taught in school, I would have ended up getting stuck with 6% interest on a $30,000 vehicle loan. And I would have been paying thousands more dollars. I mean, things that actual real working people need today, I think are not taught. And I think that we aren't, you know, I don't think that we're encouraging students to pick up hobbies. I know if you were to ask a sixth grader, how many times have you thought about becoming an HVAC tech? They probably said zero, right? But if you said, hey, two years in after an apprentice, HVAC techs make 75,000. Do you want to make 75 grand or do you want to make, you know, 15, 20 bucks working in a call center? They'd be like, I'd love to be an HVAC tech, you know? And so I think that there's just a, a whole mentality around shoving them through education, getting degrees, getting degrees, getting degrees. And we don't have, you know, a lot of trade school right now. And, uh, you know, I think that the more tradesmen that retire, you know, the more expensive services are going to be, the less people in the workforce it's just compounding a problem. So I think that, you know, to fix education right now, I think we need to focus more on the, the, the trades and the arts and stop focusing so much on getting people through to a degree because degrees, obviously, as everyone knows, don't make you a better person. But, you know, shoving someone through diesel mechanic school and saying, hey, go fix that semi truck. And, oh, by the way, you're going to make over 100 grand a year doing it, I think does make someone a better, better person, you know. And um, I'm going to go off of what was said in chat here for a second. And I, uh, we're mainly talking about public schools here, but I'm going to use college as an example because I had experienced it a lot firsthand. Um, a lot of these teachers, a lot of these professors, they suck ass at teaching online. Like, I mean, they don't even know like what they're doing on Zoom. They don't know how to use any sort of online curriculum. Um, if something goes wrong with the website, they have no idea how to fix it. If there's a bug, it's your fault. Like, uh, these are all things my fiance had to deal with. I mean, her teachers are all old. They all suck. They only know how to teach in a classroom. Um, well, I, there were multiple it, times. If I can Go interject on. there, I also don't necessarily want to put the kibosh on saying, or like, I don't, I don't think we should necessarily say that they are bad teachers, but that they are not equipped. 
to teach online. Yeah, and then they, it's, they're it's just a, not a, good at teaching online. It's a systemic online. failure of the school system of not equipping its teachers to teach online properly. But anyways, I just want I mean, to say that because it's not that they necessarily suck as teachers. It's just that they are they haven't been trained properly to to deal with the online training. Just like students are not properly equipped to, to learn in an online setting, teachers themselves aren't necessarily equipped to, to teach in an online setting. Yeah, and I mean, most of the time, I would, I would 100% agree with you there. But the issue is, is when they don't work with the students, when they mess up. Mm. Um, in my fiance's case, they fucked up, and then it was their fault. Like, uh, the teacher wouldn't try to fix it, wouldn't fix the grade, anything like that. Like, it took my fiance, I think, two weeks to get um, answers for a problem that she needed help with, you know, that night. And it took two weeks out, and the homework was already due. There was no answer. Constant emails, just asking, you know, pegging for help on that homework. Because it was tough. And... I don't know, I just don't think, I think, you know, obviously they were under-equipped. I totally agree with you there, but if they're going to be under-equipped, they have to be willing to work with um, the student, you know, willing to work with their grades, stuff like that, to make sure that's fair for everyone. Not just go, haha, I fucked up your fault, you know. And, um, I don't know, that's just my opinion. And then, I also wanted to say, kind of what uh, Andy was saying on... I don't think our current schooling system really works out all that well um, with how we are in today's generation. I mean, I can't even count on my first hand how many times I've used science because <laughs> I've never, I've never used it. Not once. I don't even need to use my hands. Zero. Um, I don't know. I just think that we need to, in high school, we need to prepare them more for adulthood and at least kind of make them think more of what they want to do in the future. And I know that some schools do that. Some schools make them kind of choose their, um, kind of like choose their career and stuff like that. You know, like what will work best for you. They take all these stupid tests or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they don't take classes at all that really help them towards, you know, that career. And I know that would be super specialized and probably cost a lot of money, but like just half of the classes that we are taking now, and we fail and that will hurt our future with our GPA getting into a college that we want something like that for a class we won't even use it just it sucks doing homework for a class that I know I'm never going to use in my life it sucks so yeah, I will I will say this you know bringing it back to your topic the amount of science that you've used I mean whether you believe that you use science or not the fact is that we do you know we we obviously are aware that there are tiny little microbes that crawl around on the surface of our skin or that are on certain surfaces and you need to clean out a cut or you know you need to put a band-aid or some cleaning solution on it you know uh, 200 years ago 300 years ago we didn't know that we just thought that oh he's got a fever he's got you know whatever drink this tonic and you know it's going to go away and you just died if you lived you lived you died you died <laughs> and now we know that you know we have little microbes that fight little microbes. You know, if I'm sick, I go to the doctor, he's going to give me a pill and I know it's better. I mean, that's science. I mean, we can chalk that up to somebody who's, you know, been in the field a long time, knows better. But, you know, uh, I guarantee you 300 years ago, you said, here's a magical, you know, solution that's going to make all your problems go away. They're going to say that you're a witch and probably burn you or drown you. You know, it's it's the, how far we've come as a society. I mean, we are. If we, as a collective society, went back 300 years and then came forward to today, it's crazy what what could think. I mean, the first production model vehicles only came out in the 1900s, or early, like 1903, like way early. Yeah. 
steam engines and stuff like that were out before that but you know we we know that we put gas in our car we hit the gas pedal a combustion reaction happens and heat and you know explosive energy and the rest of it's exhausted as gas you know that's that's science that we don't even think we use every day but you know stuff like this you know it's it's just kind of taught because it's already available the other thing too that we got to think about is we have the entire collective knowledge of humanity right in our pocket right i mean we can go to wikipedia and download the entire wikipedia and we could literally educate ourselves more off of a website than any any time in human history we I mean we literally have entire encyclopedias in our pocket yeah. so i think that you know the days of modern learning need to come up with the fact that we we literally carry around supercomputers in our pockets you know they they can automatically you know text for us type for us they yeah. can be set to we just we just need more training as a society in how to be a human being and maybe even how to be a decent human being, because that's a good thing. I'm mean, learning mm -hmm. like home ec, like you're saying. It's like, dude, half of my friends, yeah, e even myself, finances. like 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 finances, home ec, like all that shit. It's like most people don't even know how to fix a simple thing in their home. And it's like I'm lucky that I had a dad who was very hands-on, very good with tools, and worked outside, yes. and so I learned yes, yes, yes. I learned how to do things. I know how to run a chainsaw, I can run power tools, drive a forklift. Now these are experiences that I've had in my life that not everyone is going to have. And I'm not saying people need to learn how to drive a forklift in high school. Um, probably should not. But I think there just needs to be a lot more application of, of things that you are going to use in your life that will make you a better person and a better member of society, as well as someone who will contribute more to society because they're not going to be caught up and, and dragging behind on certain things in their life where you can feel so lost and frustrated, not, not knowing how to do something in your adult life and that stress, it adds on and just makes your life worse and makes you affect other people in a more negative way. I feel like we've been a much better society. People were trained on how to be better people and better adults. But people don't know. You have to learn all this on your own, which I think is a great thing. I think that the lessons you learn as an adult are, are really, really good. Um, and I think that's what makes you a person. And, and going through those hardships makes you, develops you and molds you into the person that you eventually are going to become, you know, quoting the million times that I had something shitty happen to me and my parents were like, it's building character. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel so good. But they there. I mean, it's fucked up to say at the time, I, I don't think they did the right thing there, but it is true. They're not wrong. <laughs> um, it could have been a few different ways to go. Could, could, could have been handled differently, but you know, at the same time, they're not wrong. Right. Um, a lot of, a lot of shit that, that we work through in our life makes us into who we become. So I, you know, a lot of the mistakes I made, I don't regret them. Um, you know, all those things. Are we, uh, Are we? you think we're good on the school topic? Because I have yeah. something else I want to bring up yeah. if you guys are okay with, okay with going over a little bit. Sure. Okay. Go for it. So, um, I completely forgot about this, but seven hours ago, Twitch released a blog post about hot tub streams. And I want to take no time. shot. I want to take time to read through it. Just give me like five minutes. I'll read this. I'll read through <laughs> it for you guys and then we'll discuss it. We good with that? Good. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so this is from Twitch. Over the past few weeks, we've seen and had many conversations about hot tub streams, and we want to address it candidly. The content brings up questions that are complex with few easy, clear answers. We're approaching it thoughtfully and respectfully, which is why we've taken our time to address it publicly after a lot of internal de deliberation. Given the nuances, this is going to be a long post, but we wanted to explain in detail our thinking and approach, as well as next steps, both in the short and long term. 
Much of the conversation we've seen is focused on the people who are streaming this in similar content, including assumptions about their motivations and intentions, and we want to make a few things clear. First and foremost, no one deserves to be harassed for the content they choose to stream, how they look, or who they are, and we will take action against anyone who perpetuates this kind of toxicity on our service. Second, while we have guidelines about sexually suggestive content, being found to be sexy by others is not against our rules, and Twitch will not take enforcement action against women or anyone on our service for their perceived attractiveness. Okay, let's take a pause to talk about that for a second. Uh, basically, they're saying that, that it's the viewer's fault for perceiving the hot tub streams as being sexy, and that's not against the rules. Thoughts? <laughs> You saw what I posted in podcast topics, right? Like uh, her literal bare ass cheeks hanging out. Mm -hmm. And it's it's she, she, going to be she, my fault if I think that that's yeah. like... She's just sexy. It's not her fault. I think that uh, it's funny Twitch's stance on that, but they'll ban you for calling you a simp. I just want to point out the, the kind of hypocrisy that Twitch has. Yeah. You know, I uh I don't know. I think that as a platform you obviously want to do what's best, but I think that Amazon has their hands really deep in this one. Um mm. just judging by some of the stuff they've done. But yeah. Yeah, I mean We can why? we can yeah, we like, can discuss it more. I being, can keep going through the Well, I mean being found to be sexy isn't against the rules, yeah. but it's when you use that to be sexually suggestive. It's so stupid. There has been confusion around whether streams from hot tubs are permissible under our current policies, and we understand why our rules, uh, as written, have contributed to that confusion. Under our current nudity and attire and sexually suggestive content policies, streamers may, may appear in swimwear in contextually appropriate situations at the beach or in a hot tub, for example, and we allow creative expression like body writing and body painting, provided the streamer has appropriate coverage as outlined by our attire policy. Nudity or sexually explicit, explicit content, which we define as pornography, sex acts, and sexual services, are not allowed on Twitch. So they're saying that sexually explicit, explicit, explicit content isn't just being in a bikini. So, okay, they're making that, they're making that clear. Which is fair. Some people just want to go to the beach. Like, well, okay, and, and that's, that's, cool. that's what I've said, is I don't care that women are streaming in hot tubs. I don't care that they have 30,000 viewers for showing their tits. You have a great body. You're hot as fuck. Cool. Own it. I don't care. I just want Twitch to say, yes, it's allowed, which is essentially what they're doing here. Um, and they are making a different category for it, it looks like. Yeah. So our intention with the sexually suggestive policy was to draw a line on content that is overtly or explicitly sexually suggestive, not to ban all content that could be viewed as sexually suggestive. But we acknowledge that our rules are not as clear as they could be. Prohibiting every form of content that could be interpreted as suggestive would also result in far more restrictions on the video games and premium content that we currently allow, especially considering the ways that female characters are sometimes objectified or presented in a sexualized manner, which is a valid point. A lot of video like Overwatch, like you got like Widowmaker that's basically wearing just a fucking latex suit, cleavage hanging out. Um, we also want to address questions from our creators about suspending advertising on their channels. On Twitch, brands get to decide where and when their ads appear. Today, they can target or avoid specific categories of content and flag channels that don't meet their standards. 
This means that Twitch, in rare cases, will suspend advertising on a channel at the advertiser's request. We absolutely do not permit brands to use protected characteristics as a filter for advertising targeting or blocking. We recently suspended advertising on some channels that were flagged by the majority of our advertiser base and failed to notify them. Our creators rely on us, and we should have alerted affected streamers to, uh, to this change before it happened. It was a mistake not to do so. We're working with individual creators to address their specific situation and restore ads where appropriate. Wow, that is very kind. Let's make sure that they get all their ad revenue. What's next? We recognize that our diverse global community has a broad range of interests and preferences, and not all of the content allowed on Twitch is relevant to everyone. We think it's important that viewers have choice in determining the type of content that is suggested to them, and brands have the right to determine where their ads appear on the surface. Uh, we are working to develop more robust controls for advertisers and viewers to enable them to control their experiences on our service. Additionally, we need to cr provide creators with a better understanding of what brand safe means to advertisers outside of our community guidelines and terms of service and provide better ways to categorize their content. These, along with updates to the sexually suggestive policy, are, no, are longer term solutions that will take time to build and implement. Uh, there we go. In the immediate term, or in the immediate term, one of the challenges that this situation has highlighted is the lack of specificity in the just chatting category. Viewers can flag content as not interested in order to remove specific channels or categories from their recommendations. However, due to the broad range of content in just chatting and the fact that many creators stream in just chatting for a portion of their streams, that is not an effective way to remove a specific subset of content like creators streaming in pools or hot tubs. Community, community and advertiser feedback made clear that we need to offer more ways to control the content that's recommended as well as where ads appear. So we're introducing a new category, pools, hot tubs, and beaches. If you have chosen swimwear that is allowed under the swim and beaches, contextual exception to our standard nudity and attire policy, you should stream into the pools, hot tubs, and beaches category. We will be reaching out to the creators with more details on how to use this category moving forward. This is not intended to be our long-term solution to improve brand targeting capabilities and increase personalization in our recommendations. It does, however, solve a few issues for all audiences in the near term. Creators can continue to stream content that falls into this category as long as it doesn't violate our guidelines. Viewers can better avoid recommendations for content that they don't want to see and, wish, and those wishing to view this content will have an easier time finding it. And brands can either opt in or out of this category based on whether it aligns with their target audiences like they can today with any other category. The pools, hot tubs, and beaches category is live today. This article provides more information about what kind of content should be streamed to this category. We have a lot of work to do, and it's going to take time to implement all the changes we've outlined. We'll share updates on this as we have them. There you have it. Cool. So yeah. my, my thoughts on that is I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad with this. I like it. Um, like I said to many people talking about this in the past about the hot tub things, I don't care what you do with your body. I don't care what kind of content you make. Uh, if that's what you choose to do, go for it. Uh, if you, you know, if you're blessed with an amazing body and people are willing to give you money for it, I mean, do, do what you want to do. Um, it's not for me, but it, it, you know, that's okay. Do what you want. My main qualm with Twitch was like that. They said no sexually suggestive content. And they're leaning over showing their tits in the camera and it's like if you're if you can look me in the face and tell me that's not sexually suggestive 
Like, obviously, I understand a mistake. Like, you have to reach over and do something. Yeah, I get that. Like, I'm not going to be a pervert about that. But it's, like, so very clearly, many of the streamers were intentionally flaunting that for sexual purposes. Um, which is, I, I think that as long as Twitch is is clearly saying, this is okay, we want this on our platform, I'm like, okay. I'm putting putting down my putting down my weapon, right? There's no there's no fight for me. I'm not upset about that. My main thing was just that Twitch said no sexually suggestive content, and then there was allowing that content. They've come out and clarified that, so thank you, Twitch, for doing that. Um, that's that's honestly that's that's what we want. That's what we have all wanted. We've wanted clarification on the rules, and um, that's something that we're getting. I think it's not it's not perfect yet. I don't think. Um, just because they're 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 saying that sexually, I think they need to rename the sexually suggestive policy because suggestive is a much broader category than just what they're calling it. They're they're saying that it's anything that's a sex act or explicitly sexual, and that's not what suggestive means. So, uh, you know, that being said, I think I think that the the verbiage needs to change there a little bit to be a little bit more clear. Um, yeah. Because it's like yes, going to the beach is not sexually suggestive, but riding a banana in a hot tub. You know, it, that is, that is, do not look at me and tell me that that is not. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay to be sexually suggestive. Just clarify and mirrors for butts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I, there have been some hot tub streamers that have gotten banned. Um, there was one, oh my God, this was, so she was a, um, a, a black female streamer doing a hot tub stream, uh, and she got banned. And she goes on Twitter, this whole rant about how Twitch is racist and they banned her. She's basically just trying to, to rabble rouse and get attention on social media. Someone posts the clip of her like twerking in the pool, like right in front of the camera. It's like, no, no. Um, Snake the Buck, thank you for stopping by. We're almost done here. So you're not gonna miss that much more. You check the one viewer just chatting. It's so good. <laughs> what is that? What do you mean? Yeah, um, and movie night. I mean, my my personal opinion on this whole thing. I mean, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but no, go ahead. Know, I I think that you know, women generally, you know, obviously, if you are streaming, it's it's kind of hard to say, you know, without sounding like I hate women or or something like that. But I mean, like. You know, who am I going to watch? You know, a, like a guy like me, for example, who, you know, doesn't really have much. I'm wearing a Carhartt sweatshirt and a hat versus a chick that's in a bikini and, you know, right. I mean, what do you want to see? You know, guys, guys will be guys, you know, and, and unfortunately the, the saying sex sells is true, right? I mean, somebody who shows more of their skin is going to draw more attention, whether it's positive or negative attention and any attention is attention, positive or negative. And so I think it's an interesting policy considering Twitch has been historically clamping down on, you know, showing, you know, skin or anything like that. I used to watch a streamer, Graphist RS was his name. And he did a skit where he made fun of female streamers and he got like a, like a three day ban from Twitch for making fun of female streamers. He was like, Ooh, you know, donate to me. And he like put his, you know, he like kind of flexed up his chest. Like he was putting his boobs together and he got... <laughs> banned for three days but now you know chicks like the other you know, one in the example that we're talking about here can walk around and you know g-string bikinis and you know basically be butt-ass naked on their stream and it's it's perfectly fine because they're not trying to be sexy 
And like I get the aim that they may be wearing that try not to be sexy, but you know somewhere deep down, like you know, they're they're like, Oh yeah, people are gonna watch this because I'm showing my ass. Like there's no one that can just legitimately say, I wanna wear a G string bikini. You ask any woman that walks down the street, are G strings more comfortable than say like, you know, sweats? And they're gonna be like, Fuck no. It fuck, rides fuck up my no, ass, bud. it rides in all <laughs> the wrong spots. I mean, there's not a single woman that I know personally, you know, I've dated, you know, six, seven chicks and you know, I've got lots of female friends and, and, you know, I guarantee if I were to ask any one of them, Hey, do you like wearing G strings versus wearing, you know, normal panties? They're going to be like, no, fuck that. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Also fun fact. I just now learned there is a category on Twitch called talk shows and podcasts. So we are no longer in the just chatting section. Let's go. All right, we're, we're making big moves, making big moves here today, Woo. ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Boys Podcast Live. Uh, again, I am your host, Goodnight or James, whatever you want to call me. Or Danny, never mind. I'm so sorry. Um, we have Andy here, special guest, no more, member of the podcast, Andy. And we have my co-host, Christian, the beautiful, lovely Christian, who has food and has been patiently waiting to eat it. Because he didn't want to eat I, it on the podcast. I, I'm uh, waiting. He, his, his tummy is a rumbling. And uh, thank you guys for coming to the podcast. Uh, again, make sure you follow us on Spotify, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. I'll get. We'll, I'll update the panels. Um, we'll get those linked up and we'll get that Spotify episode out tonight. Same thing with the YouTube. We'll be here for your pleasure. And uh, I hope you enjoy. So again, thank you guys so much. Uh, have a great, great night. Say bye, boys. Bye. Bye. Bye.